Welcome to Deep Natter. In this episode, Sean and I are talking about meeting our heroes and how the outcome of those meetings can often affect how we're able to see and connect with the work that they make. We also talk about the importance of finding that thing, or maybe multiple things, that light you up and you do simply for the fun or the joy of doing it. Here we go. I had an interesting conversation yesterday. Yeah, um, hit me. I won't tell you. Who, I won't tell you who it was with, but uh, I met another photographer. If I guess, will you tell me yes or no? Uh, yes, okay, because I don't think you will. <laughs> <laughs> Peter McKinnon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Peter McKinnon's in town, and I'm about to shit on Sean him. and Peter walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We hopped on his quad bike. <laughs> That's right. Away we went into the moors, never to be seen or heard from again. Yeah, exactly. We made a really sweet slow mo film out of it. Um, so, you know, hey, that. even quads look good at 120 fps. Everything looks good at 120p. Um, <laughs> so we, I'm talking to this photographer and, um, he, he starts talking to me about, um, a photographer, uh, he used to respect, um, that's, that's how he put it. And he said that it was kind of a, a case of never meet your heroes. He says he, he went to this photographer's exhibition once and, um, the photographer was, was sitting in a corner talking to somebody else, hanging out and this guy walked in and he walked around with his friends and that photographer never stood up and came over and greeted them and said, thanks for coming for the, ex- uh, thanks for coming to my exhibition or, 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 or even acknowledge them. And they walked out and he was so offended by that, that he just decided I, I, I won't follow what this person does ever again. I'm not interested in them anymore. Um, they're dead to me. I'm, I, I don't want to see what photography they do. Um, wow. We got, yeah, yeah, quite, quite a strong response. It's a very strong response, yeah. Yeah, but obviously took it very personally. I came to support your work. You didn't even acknowledge that I came to support your work. So there was expectation on his part that wasn't met. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I happen to know a little bit about this photographer, and I, I, I could actually explain uh, here's here's something you don't know about this person. Uh, they actually Wait, the photographer that that went to see the other photographer, or the photographer who who was exhibiting was their work. doing the, yeah. yeah okay. So the okay. person who was okay. exhibiting. I mean, I you know I I don't know them well, but I know I know a little bit about them. And I said I, I do know they actually have crippling social anxiety. And you you may have caught them on a bad day, and um and and it is quite I've heard quite difficult for this person to talk to people. Um, so you know maybe there was some of that in there, and. Um, you know, after we talked about it a little bit, the person was like, oh yeah, okay, well, you know, that makes a bit more sense. And maybe I was a bit harsh in my judgment. And they made a comment, something like, if the artist isn't a good person, I don't care about their work. Which I thought was really, which was quite an interesting thing to say, but it got me thinking, um, how much of that is actually true? Like for P and I'm sure it's different for everybody. But like for you, how much how much do you need somebody who makes something to also be a nice person or someone you like to engage with what they make? Is that important to you at all? Many of the artists that I really like, who in terms of their work, I know very little about them as people. Mm. And if you uh, only a handful. One, if you met mm-hmm. one and they were short with you or were rude to you for some reason. 
Would that change how you view their work? I don't know. That's a, that's a really interesting question. I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I've met just from being in various jobs over the years, I've actually met a number of famous quote unquote people, but in terms of artists or, or people whose work I actually follow, I haven't really met a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people, but I haven't met them in person. And from what I've heard, the ones you've spoken to have been lovely. So absolutely lovely. Do, do people follow the art and the output or do they follow the person, the artist? Do they keep up with, do you know what I mean? And if, and if, yeah, I, and I, and again, I, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but I, I, I have a feeling, especially after this conversation with this guy, that it's more common that people follow a person um, and, and they tie it into, I'll, I'll give you an example. So um, about uh, just before lockdowns hit, so this would have been probably January last year when I was over in Lisbon uh, making this little film with Martin Rotz. Um, mm-hmm. I did a meetup on the Saturday, which I, which I try and do when I go to a new city, just like a, Hey, come yep. out and hang out. You know, it's not a workshop yep. or anything, but it's just an opportunity to, you know, have a wonder, you know, grab a takeaway coffee and say hi. Yeah. And yeah, about, you're, you're very generous about that actually. Well, interesting you say that. So this, so, so, um, I, I, I arrived at this thing. There were about, there were probably about between 50 and 60 people rocked up, which is a little intimidating. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I thought, okay, gosh, okay. So we're not going to be able to drag this big group of people through the streets. We're just going to cause mayhem. So that would be intimidating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's, (laughs) let's head down to the kind of main square down by the, down by the coastline and, uh, grab takeaway coffees. We'll hang out in that square and just chat. Um, and, and it's funny because on the one hand, I had a few people message me afterwards going, oh, thanks so much for doing that. It was lovely to say hi to you and, and to spend some time and meet new photographers in my own city. And some of them have gone on to form little groups that hang out and shoot regularly. It's lovely to hear that kind of stuff. But I had mm-hmm. one guy who got hold of me really angry. Um, I, I, you're, you're so aloof. I, I, I can't believe you didn't talk to me. Um, I'm, I'm really, un- yeah, I'm unfollowing all your stuff. I, I never want to see you on Instagram again. So I'm blocking you. And I'm, 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 uh, he left some nasty comments on some of my YouTube videos and unfollowed there. He said, and he's just, yeah, I, I'm not who I, I, I appear to be on videos for him. I, I, I was, I was a never meet your heroes case. Um, because mm-hmm. he, I'm guessing was probably an introvert at the back of that group going like, Oh gosh, you know, look at all these people who rocked up and he's not making sure right. he talks to everybody. I'm sitting there terrified because there's too many people for me to talk to. And I, I, I don't like crowds anyway. I just do it because I know it's, it's good for some people and it's good for me to make the effort. Right, right, right. right. Um, but in, in his case, nothing I produce will, will, will mean anything to him anymore because of one interaction that didn't go the way he expected. And now anything I make in the future is irrelevant to him and is tainted by that. So I think there's a lot of people probably out there who have this That's idea. That's really interesting. Yeah. See, whereas I, I would take, I would go the other way and, and I'm always under the assumption if I, if I do go to things like that, or if I do go to shows where the artist is present, I'm very reluctant to approach them. If, especially if there's a crowd of people around them, because I, t- I kind of take the thing of, of, 
you don't have time for me anyway. Like, what, what do I, what am I bringing to this? So I, I, you know, I'll wave or I'll, I'll say hello or, or, you know, maybe shake hands and, and, and offer some, you know, question or comment or something. And then I'm on my way because I, I feel like I'm taking up their time. Mm. And yeah, but, but you also, you are also oddly, even though you're an introvert, I would, I would guess you mm-hmm. are, you're a very confident introvert interpersonally. Um, and you, you will just talk to people if you have the time and you're, you're very able to kind of converse easily. Yeah. I mean, in in short bursts. Yeah. Yeah. In short bursts, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the, a lot of the artists that I, well, most of the artists that I am still influenced by and, and still refer to are dead, you know, and, and, and I don't know much about their lives. Um, that's, that's really interesting. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, rev- actually, I'm going to revise it. Can I revise something? Yeah. <laughs> because now that I'm thinking back on it, you know, I've, I've met, um, I've met Gregory Crudson in person. I've met Shepard Ferry a number of times, who's been absolutely lovely each and every time. Um, the first time I, I re- the first time I met him was at a show at the Fahey Klein gallery in LA and mobs of people, you know, he's the obey giant guy. Right. And there are hundreds of people there. And I finally made my way over to him and it was like, we were the only two people in the room. Mm. He wasn't looking around. He was locked in. He was generous. He was inquisitive. He, he was, uh, verbose in answering his questions, you know, that I, that I was asking. And he was just a lovely guy. And for that five minutes or so, or maybe it was less, I don't know. I had this little moment. Uh, and I'd completely forgotten about that. Uh, and then I, I met him a few other times and he remembered me from the previous times that we met. Um, but again, if he hadn't been that way, would it affect, I don't know that it would affect how I feel about his work because his work is still amazing. And, and like, I, I think I can separate those two things because he doesn't owe me anything personally. Right. Is there a, is there an op? Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. So so I think I think the one time in my life where maybe I I and I didn't meet the person. Well, I, actually, I did end up meeting the person. But they, I went to um, a talk given by an author, and I'd I'd read a lot of his books. Mm-hmm. And two things um, during the talk. Oh, how much of this can I say? Let me work this out so I don't. <laughs> Was it yeah. Richard Rohr? It was Richard Rohr, wasn't it? No, 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 it wasn't Richard Rohr. He's lovely. <laughs> All right. I have Big to put friend. down my shot glass. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you, you, you obviously want a drink today because you mentioned that. So <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a drink anyway. Yeah, the big, the big Franciscan teddy beer. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm going I'm going I'm to say this actually because I, I, it doesn't matter if you could trace it back. It's not that interesting. But I, I went to a talk with this person. Um, and I, I'd always read their stuff. Um, and this is a person who sort of writes more spirituality stuff. I'd mm-hmm. always read their stuff thinking, wow, they're really, uh, generous and they're, they're open and unthreatened. That's how I felt about that person. Right. And I went to this talk and someone, he, he gave sort of a, a pretty standard talk for him. And I heard a bunch of stuff he'd done in the past and someone in the gallery stood up at the end at, at the Q and a time. So it was audience question and answer time and asked him a question he didn't like. And you could tell they, they pressed a button with him 
and and I saw mm. a side of him that I I hadn't. It wasn't like overtly angry, but but the way he was annoyed by it was brand new and a little bit of a shock. I, I you know obviously he's got that in him because we've all got that in us. Like I I can't sure. expect that he doesn't. I've definitely got that in me, but I'd never I'd never come across that in his books or in talks before. And his response was really pointed and quite dismissive, which was a shock. And the second thing that happened was at the end, um, we were invited to come up on stage, shake hands one at a time and say, hi. Now I had written a book about a decade ago, um, about leaving the church. Mm -hmm. And this particular author is, is a feature of one of the chapters, the quite pivotal chapters in the book where I, where I talk about a moment I had in connection with this, with this author. Um, a with, personal connection or through his or her writing? Well, it, it was slightly more than that. So they used to have quite, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, people will know who I'm talking about if, if you kind of know this well, but he, he had is, one of the, is it Sam Harris? Yeah, it's yeah, Sam yeah, Harris, yeah, isn't yeah, it? No, it's Joel, o, Joel Osteen. That's it. It's, like, it's Joel Osteen. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. Um, but he, he was a, he well played. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was doing like, no, I believe everything he says. I swear I do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Joel for president. Um, so he was, <laughs> please no. Um, he, this guy, this guy would give talks, uh, once a week from this church that he ran years ago, um, and would put them out around the world, but it was very unchurchy stuff and really helped me leave church in a lot of ways. And I sent, they had, they had an anniversary service, um, and they had a podcast, which was attached to this. And that's where these messages would go out. And for this, for this anniversary, 10 year anniversary service, they, they took emails from people who listened to the podcast around the world. And I'd sent an email from uh, the church I was working for saying how much these messages meant to me as someone who was struggling with institutional church. And he read this email out as the last email he read in this podcast and burst, wow. burst into tears while he was reading it because it obviously meant really. So that went into my book as being like, wow, I felt this connection to somebody who I'd read their books right. for years. And, and we had this connection, even though I, we weren't standing face to face, but he read something I'd written to him and it obviously affected him emotionally, which affected me emotionally. And there was a lot of kind of, you're on the right track kind of feelings, you know? Right, 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 right. So I went up on stage at this talk. This is, this is probably five years after this happened. And I had a copy of this book with me because I knew I was going to this talk. And I had the page where I talked about him um, earmarked in this book. Um, and, and I handed it to him and I said, look, I don't expect that you read this. I'm sure you don't have the time, but I, I did write about you and I, or uh, uh, an experience I had through your podcast. And, and I've just earmarked the, the, the page. If you want to read it, it might mean something to you. Shook his hand and left. And he was, he was sort of polite face to face. Then about six months later, I was listening to a podcast he was on and the guy who's interviewing him is talking about publishing. And he said, um, yeah, yeah, I was in a talk in London recently. And this guy comes up on the stage and shakes my hand and gives me his book as if like I'm supposed to do something with it. And I was just like, that's not how it works, buddy. And I knew it was probably me. And wow. I, was, I was absolutely crushed by that. And I, wow. I thought like that kind of does change now. How I like, read why would write. you say that? What, what, what does he gain by, by sort of taking that revisionist history approach to that exchange? What does he gain by that? Uh, if I'm being 
maybe slightly unkind. I think it's, I think it's bad ego stuff. I think you get to talk mm. big on a podcast where you go like, well, yeah, I'm a big name author. And these people are always coming up to me and giving me stuff that they want their help with. And I don't have the time. I'm a big name, which the reason, the reason it comes back to this conversation I had with this guy yesterday was, was that did change how I view what he puts out into the world because he's, he's a communicator with his art, with his public speaking, with his writing and what he's communicating mm-hmm. now doesn't hold the same integrity to it because i've seen some other things right you're going to question anything that comes out of him now well we'll just just put it into a little bit more perspective and slightly less glowing glowing terms and i suppose that's fair in a way i still enjoy what he does i still think he he is he's been a really valuable person in my life but i have to be honest that yes it it Knowing that about him and having that interaction and and seeing more of who he is as a person has flavored differently the work that he puts out. I wish it wasn't true. I wish that wasn't yeah. true, but it it has. So it, it got me thinking. Maybe for all of us, on some level, maybe if some of those interactions with those artists that you really enjoy didn't go that way, I mean, I guess I guess if it's less communication, it doesn't matter as much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a silly example I was thinking about was, was you know, I, I, I love uh, Werner Herzog's films, especially, right, especially right. his documentaries. Um, now, if I met Werner Herzog and he was slightly rude and dismissive, I'd kind of be happy about that. Cause that's, Come on. Cause You've that's, got to kind of expect that. Uh, that's, there's, there's no way Werner Herzog is warm and fuzzy in person. There's exactly. no way. That, that wouldn't disturb me. <laughs> that's, who, that's who he is. And that wouldn't. But if I found out, actually, Werner Herzog has an absolute, like, passionate love affair with Disney. And, and he can't help but go to Disney World with the cat with, with the Mickey Mouse ears on it. That would change how I saw his documentaries. And, like, right, is right, it right, actually right. as, like, like diehard, um, cynical and brutally honest as I thought he was? Or is he actually a big softy insider? Would it change it? Like, it's we're, we're all a mix of a bunch of different things. And I think when we make things, sometimes we make things out of one aspect of who we are or something that we think, mm-hmm. especially if it's within a project and does the fact that we're always more complicated and a, and a, and a more varied kind of multiplicity of characteristics, does that take away from it? Or is it just, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just the thought I had and I, I, I'm not really sure where I land on it. Well, I, th- I think you're onto something with the end product of what, what drew us to that person being different if if it's if it's a painter or a musician or a dancer i think you can have different reactions to each of those people not either living up to what you expect from them or just being in the case of of your your writer example just being rude and having you then question everything that they put out you're no longer going to rush to grab that new book that comes out from this person or maybe you maybe you are but you might be a bit more cautious about, about receiving what's inside. Yeah. I think I put it into perspective quicker. I I think I would be, if I didn't trust something before I was like, that's too easily said. It sounds too. Was it the Bishop of Durham? Was it N.T. Wright? <laughs> Keep guessing, man. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I got it. I got it. Me, I got it. Me and Bishop Tom. Was it I, D- I'm pretty sure you won't know who this person is actually. I don't think it's. Was it Donald Miller? 
No, Donald's probably lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that would really yeah. that would really bum me out if, if me Donald out Miller too, yeah. was a jerk in public. That, I, would, that would just I, that would really kind of okay. deflate me a little okay, bit. Okay, but this person is in the same category for me. It did bum me out. Oh, that really? Much. Yeah, it, it it did bum me out that much. Um, hmm. And it, it it did make me think. You know, like maybe may and, and you know I'm not I'm not on the level of these people I'm talking about you know I'm not like some celebrity artist or something but but it did make me realize like if I'm going to put myself out there and put work out there I have to at least be aware that who I am in the world all the time colors and flavors the work I put out because it's all taken for for better or worse it's all taken as a package deal I am the person that makes that stuff and there should be some integrity to it now like that being said I often get like like I like my friend Josh says, uh, he, he says, um, there's a different Sean on Instagram. He, he's like Sean in on YouTube is like, is like some, uh, you know, sage, uh, yes, some mystical sage. That, and, yeah. and he call, he calls Instagram Sean sassy Sean, <laughs> which is fair enough. Like, because that is a, that is going to be a different side of me because you do get a lot of, um, you know, combative comments on there and people who are just trying to poke. Yeah. But, and both of those sides of me are absolutely who I am. They're, but they're both equally yeah. true, but I have to be aware that when I, when I give different sides of myself, it all gets taken into one. And for some, that other side of the coin will be enough for them to go, well, I don't want to see anything you do anymore. Cause if the first part feels like a lie somehow, as if you you can't yeah. have different yeah, yeah. sides to yourself. There, there are lots of artists who, who obviously I haven't met and will never meet who, who I know things about that I don't like, but it doesn't change how I interact. Like I, I, I still love off the wall, Michael Jackson's first terrific record. Album. I think yeah. it's an absolutely brilliant terrific record. I still record. put it on. I know things about Michael Jackson, like we all do that, um, are let's say dubious, uh, at best, but it doesn't affect how I interact with the material because the material almost stands as its own thing. And I know for some people that won't be okay. They have to tie it in together. And if we judge the person to have any moral failings, we can't interact with their art at all. I don't feel that way personally. So you were never like, you were never on that, uh, you know, don't ever play Michael Jackson records again on the radio side. No, no. I, I, yeah, no, I, because I, because I also think that somebody like that who makes art like that, it, it, those things mean things to people outside of him, whether, whether, whether mm -hmm. he's a real person or not. And, and all of those things anyway, are often a team of people putting that together. Sure. Is, is there a point too far for you? Is, is there like a, a Harvey Weinstein or something like that, a repeat offender? Does that change how you feel about the work that he had a hand in getting out into the world? No, because again, especially in those cases, it's a team effort. I mean, I, I'm sure mm -hmm. I've watched Weinstein movies since he's, I, I've, I, as a, as a person, uh, I think he's diabolical, but as, um, the work that he's put out kind of stands on its own somehow. I, and I'm not sure if that's fair. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But that's kind of, that's, that's how I've dealt with it. You know, um, we're all complicated. This is the other thing. It, it, it's, it's kind of like. It's, it's, it's to get like, um, sort of hyper Christian on it for a minute. Like I, you know, let the pastor come out. Like it's, it's, it, it's, <laughs> if you haven't done anything wrong, you throw the first stone. Like who, right, who, right. who are we? And yes. Okay. Some people do awful things and some people do less awful things. But, but if we, if we're trying to moralize to the point where everyone has to be a saint, if we're going to take their art seriously and they can never make a mistake. What are, what are we doing? Who, who makes anything? Right. And I can't make things. I've made mistakes in my life. Then I can't make anything. Um, I should, I should just run away now. 
but I'm I'm not gonna because because I don't think my mistakes disqualify me from making things that might be appreciated by someone else or help somebody else. Um, right. where, where do you draw the line? I think I think you convict the individual for their mistakes and hold them accountable, but but the work that they've done, I, I'm not sure you judge it the same as the person. Do you? Maybe you do. Not not for me though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Has it ever gone the other way for you, where you you have either met or just found out more about an artist, and as a result of learning more about them personally, you became a, a bigger fan of the work that they produce? Has that ever happened? Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely happened. That's interesting, actually, because if it's if it works one way, why doesn't it work the other? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, I I I like. I like George Clooney more as an actor because I know about the work he's done in, in, uh, in Sudan. Um, because it says to me that he's actually a decent human being on top of being a decent actor. That the fact that I know that about him makes his work more valuable to me. Interesting. Yes. And yet if he were a horrible person, his work wouldn't necessarily lose value for you. No, I think, I think I'd, I think I would disconnect him from it more and just enjoy the work on its own terms. But I think when I know nice things about them, I can kind of roll more of that in and appreciate it more. Sometimes I find it distracting though. I don't know how you feel. Like sometimes you, you can't separate something where you've seen someone in the news doing something good or bad might take you out of a story in a film, for example, or, or, or make you take a song in differently. Their, their, right. their real life can distract from their, from their work for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I think that's true. I mean, I think I I have, I mean, without really pulling one out, pulling anyone out individually, I can definitely say that I've found out about people and and maybe had maybe had that opinion taint how I feel about the work. It's not that I I dismiss the work or dismiss what they've done, but sure, I think it can distract you from from only focusing on the work. And I'm not sure that's fair. I'm not sure that, you know, it's sort of like when you, when you find out, um, I don't know, just living in DC, let's use politics as an example. When you find out a particular artist's political views, it, it, it can have an effect on how you view them. And it, I don't know that it should. I mean, should I care that XYZ actor does or doesn't support the causes or candidates that I support? Should that matter to me? I don't know. That Clint Eastwood's talking to an empty chair on a stage. For example. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. You, you know, an example. Actually, I've just thought of an example where something someone did actually did affect the way I took it in. And it's, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, um, I was listening to a podcast recently about with stand-up comics talking and saying that for all his sins, uh, Bill Cosby's early stand-up was some of the best they'd ever seen in terms of narrative storytelling in stand-up. So I went and found uh, himself, I think it's called, his album himself, where he's sitting in a chair for basically two hours just telling stories. This is back in the, I'm going to say, late 70s, early 80s. Hmm. It's it's on YouTube or did you have to rent it? I think it's YouTube. And I didn't like it. I I turned it off because because for me, something about that is like, no, you are that guy who was doing that stuff at that time. I don't want to watch this. And I think the reason it was different from... From Weinstein, for example, is like, if I watch one of his movies, I'm not really watching him. If I was watching him give a talk, it would be different. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear from you. 
because I know who you are. But if I watch one of his films, he had a part of releasing, but it was a team, then it's different. Um, it, 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 but if I'm watching a single artist give their point of view or opinion or their art form, when I know they were up to some of that stuff, then it definitely does take me. So Cosby, I couldn't do, I couldn't do that. It is just about him and his personality and character. And I'm supposed to like you to find this funny. I'm supposed to find you endearing a little bit to enjoy what you're saying and find it, find it amusing. And I just can't because I can't separate with what I know you were up to at the time. So for me, that one was different. And I'm, I'm do you feel the same way about somebody like Louis CK? Oh gosh. Um, Oh man. How do I, I don't want to get in the weeds on like the politics of it, but I, 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 I think he is someone who owns his mistakes more than Cosby, for example. Mm-hmm. And he's someone... Is, who, I, I don't know much about Cosby's response. Is he still denying oh, that, yeah. that there was any wrongdoing? Yes, absolutely. Till, till he, till 100%. His, okay. okay. Last breath, he'll deny it. Yeah. As far as I've mm-hmm. seen, as from, from what I've seen. Whereas, whereas Louis, I think, sort of fudged it, but he apologized. And, he, and his, his comedy and his writing has always been more vulnerable in, in being honest about where he makes mistakes and, and, and messes the lineup and he's not trying to be perfect. And I think he's admitted, you know, well, even though I asked this, maybe in the asking because of my position of power, even though I was asking for consent, maybe it was difficult for these people to do that. That's not nearly rape like, like Cosby. That's nowhere near rape like Cosby was mm-hmm. doing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I mean, I, Louis for me is, is someone who made some, made, mistakes that he realizes in hindsight and is honest about those and has apologized for them is trying to move forward. That's a different thing for me. I think we have to give, we have to be able to say with people like that, no, please, you know, come back and keep doing what you're doing. If you're willing to, to say, you know, you learned something from this and that's good. Then when, oh my gosh, if, if, if that's not enough, what's enough? You know, I, I don't know what, what's enough for someone to keep making work. Right. If, All if, right. So l- let me, let me press you a little further. If, if you, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, if somebody using Cosby as the example, again, if, if Bill Cosby expressed genuine remorse and, and regret and admitted wrongdoing, would the severity of his actions be forgiven? Should the severity of his yeah. actions be forgiven? No, absolutely not. It's both. It's, yeah. it's, it's showing contrition and it's the fact that I'm sorry, in Bill Cosby's case, you raped people. Mm-hmm. That, that is something that, that, that not just we think, well, that's probably not such a great idea and everyone's got a different opinion about it. That's illegal and obviously right. violent and wrong. Whereas right. I don't think that's, again, like I'm not sure of the facts of the case. And every time I try to look it up, I get different answers. But from, from what I've seen in Louis's case, it didn't seem to be that at all. Not close to that. It seemed to be maybe being inappropriate and, and that's inappropriate. That's, that's something that probably should be apologized for and not done again, obviously, but it's not rape. And I think there, there obviously should be a difference between the, there is a difference in the eyes of the mm-hmm. law. There's a difference, not just my opinion. There's, there's a difference. So yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, Has he all. been welcomed back in, into the fold? Has he been? Really? Yeah. No. Um, well, no, no still not. that's not true. I think, uh, I think he's absolutely been welcomed back by his fans. The last special he put out, he only put out on his website and you had to buy it and download it from his website only. Um, and it was addressing some of this stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
and uh yeah but i think i think every time he tries to do shows i think there are uh, very vocal uh probably minority group who say no he should never be allowed to speak or do stand up or do his art again i don't agree with that at all um i think any one of those people who are yelling and saying that have also likely made mistakes maybe not those mistakes but made mistakes in which case should we all just stop because we're not perfect or should we should we be honest about the fact that we all make mistakes and we need to be if we if we're willing to be contrite and and and, and make apologies and 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 move on no I, I don't think we should be sanctioned especially if it's not a legal issue that's why we have a legal system so they get right. to make those sorts of decisions not public opinion and if and if public opinion says we don't want to listen to Louis C.K. anymore and he doesn't sell any more records, well, that's public opinion. All artists have to deal with that. I mean, that's right. just that's just unfortunate that that's the way that goes. But yeah, I'm I'm always worried when we moralistically burn people at the stake. It feels a little bit puritanical sometimes when they're not legal issues. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. And again, every every single uh, instance has to be taken on its own merit. Right. You know? Right. Gosh, that got political. <laughs> <laughs> and please don't listen well, to me. I, I have mean, no idea what I'm talking about. We, we, okay, we, we, we need to move on to Mel Gibson now. Well, <laughs> okay, well, you, let me ask you about Mel, because you're trying to make me answer for Louis. Like, so, Jeffrey, why do you think Mel Gibson's anti-Semitism is acceptable and you still watch his movies? Oh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a thing. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and then there, there is a, there is a thing that happens. Um, I've met, uh, William Gibson a couple times, writer, sci-fi writer. Mm. And William has this, this lovely cadence to his speech when he does book readings and, and he's got this almost, it's almost this Southern kind of lilt to his speech. And, and after seeing him a couple times, whenever I pick up one of his novels, I hear him reading it in my head now. I can't, I can't not, I can't separate his, his reading of his own work from how I read his work, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Has that happened for you after seeing someone live where you, you, you hear it in their voice? Yeah, that was a, that was a Donald Miller one for me, calling back to Donald yeah. Miller. It's like, I, I read yeah. Like Jazz years ago. It was his first book I read. And then I heard him give a talk. I mean, he, his books are funny. His books are really, really witty. Um, and he's that way on stage as well, but it's got a different tone to it. I think his books come across sort of self-deprecating, but quite confident still. But when he's on stage, you realize like he's a real softy and a sweetheart and his accent as well, because he's originally from Texas. Um, right. So he's got a little bit of that in there. Um, and at the time he was you know, him being overweight was a big topic in his books as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but him just standing on that stage, being himself, it was a really endearing mix of, of vulnerability, humor, and, and a kind of understated confidence that definitely when I went and read more of his books after listening to a talk was like, Oh yeah, that's that voice. You kind of Mm -hmm. read it in that Mm -hmm. voice. I mean, I'm busy sort of playing with a, um, an audio book version of the book that I've, I've written now. And that's because lots of people have got hold of me and said, please do an audio book, but you please read it because it's, it's nice to kind of hear, I think for people, it's nice to hear someone's ideas and their accent and their intonation. 
that kind of colors yeah. it. And the inflections you put on different things are the inflections that you put on because you know where the stress was in that sentence, whereas someone mm-hmm. else reading it might not pick up on all those or realize what you were trying to do. So I think there, yeah, there's layers when you can, when you pick up more of who someone is and sort of put it back into the work that they make, you probably pick up extra little things. Um, well, let, let's put this on you for a second with now that you've brought up the book. If someone hears this book, do they, are they going to hear the guy on YouTube? Are they going to hear that, Sean? Are they going to hear a, sassy a performance? <laughs> yeah, are they, are they going to hear sassy, Sean? <laughs> is, it, is it performance or is it, is it reading, is it simply reading aloud? It's halfway between. I've, I've realized just a little lesson I've learned on doing audiobooks is you can't just read. And mm-hmm. I, I talk quite fast in my videos as well. I can't read that fast because I think I'd lose people. It's too, it's mm-hmm. too fast without visual cues of, of like a face and hand gestures or whatever else. <clears throat> so I probably had to slow it down by 30%. Um, wow. but there's something nice about that. I mean, I've been, I've been sitting in front of a mic waving my arms around like an idiot because it helps me. <laughs> it helps me. Welcome well, to my world. <laughs> exa- I was going to say, I bet you know exactly what that's like. <laughs> But they, it, it does help you kind of say it and perform it a little bit. And, and it, it absolutely to, does. I'm trying to put something across. So I, I am trying to sort of throw my heart into it while I'm saying it as well. And, and you can't see me waving my arms around like an idiot, but maybe you could feel it in the way I'm stressing words and maybe it helps me to do that better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So where does, where do you think the final product lands? Is, is this more you than what we currently get? Or is it just a different expression of you? If someone heard this for the first time, this audiobook when it comes out, would they be surprised at then seeing you on YouTube going, well, wait a minute, this is, there's a disconnect here, or is it just a different expression of the same person for you? How do you, how do you take that? For, for me, it's the most me because it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's something that I spent seven, eight months writing and considering every word. Then it's me using exactly those words and, and trying to perform those words audibly. And I mean, I I don't need to convince you of like the power of only spoken audio, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to video and just focusing on a voice talking to you, I think is something different and special. Um, And then, you know, picking the best takes. Sometimes I'd have runs at different sentences to try and get the right inflection. So there's way more work that's gone into this than anything else that I do. So I feel like this is the most me actually, because I think often, often a YouTube video, which I've got to hammer out in a week, gets scripted, right. filmed, edited, cut and whatever, quite quickly, comparatively speaking. And so, and, and, and it can feel quite rushed. Whereas this is no, I mean, every word I say in the way that I say it with this, there's no, there's no, well, I just needed to get a video out. This, this is exactly what I mean, which is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting that, that this is, uh, it sounds like anyway, from a, from a production standpoint, as well, it's a deeper dive into a process that you've been active in for years now. It's a different, it's a different way to get to what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's a, it's a special medium. I'm realizing it more and more as I'm kind of, yeah. cause I've recorded it all now and I'm just in the process of trying to edit it all together, which is taking some time, but yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's, it's really good. And hopefully it means something to people and connects with them more. I know some people, lots of people 
don't read anymore. And hopefully this is a way that they can get uh, what I'm trying to say and get it across because it's a medium that makes sense until, you know, they find out that I that I like pushing old ladies into bushes and I'm actually an evil human being and then they can discount <laughs> me morally. Going like, well, this, well, there was, let's, let's be fair, there was just the one. It was, was just the one. <laughs> and she did, to be fair, look at me funny. So, I <laughs> No, madam, I won't pick up your tomatoes. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, there there is something. I mean, I, I know quite a few people who have made the transition uh, absolutely, really, to audiobooks and th- that that don't read uh, printed books anymore uh, and only, you know, listen to, to audiobooks. And I'm about, mm, I'm probably 60, 40 print to, to audio. I still, there's still something to me about holding a book and I, and I, I much prefer paper books to, to eBooks, especially for, you know, fiction and nonfiction. Mm. Um, you know, the, the comics, graphic novels, uh, I love reading those on an iPad. I think that's terrific. Uh, There's still a few that I will buy and collect because I love the artwork, but in terms of the reading, I like being able to sort of, you know, zoom in and out and, and just flip very quickly if, if, if I'm going you know, back to something that I want to reread or something. I, I like that experience. Mm. I, speaking of which, I just, I talk about physical books. I just got the complete collection of Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> a box I know you sent me a photo of that. Come on. Yeah. Is um, it as epic as it looks in the photo? Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't even cracked through them yet, but I, um, because I'm trying this line and wash stuff. I mean, right. no, no one does that like Bill Watterson. So I thought, let me treat myself. It's a massive set. It's four volumes. Yeah. It's, it's supposedly everything he did, all the Calvin Hobbes in one box set, which is amazing. Wow. Really cool. And not a Chevy truck in the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Calvin has been co-opted to do some really dastardly things. He really has. <laughs> he pees on a lot of stuff, apparently. That's <laughs> from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to hate Ford and Chevy equally, and I can't figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real <laughs> watery distaste for logos. <laughs> Let's talk about the 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 line and wash thing for a minute. Yeah, uh, because I, I've I've just written, you know, the the latest uh, create and release was all about just having fun. Yeah, and and you and I have been talking about just doing things for fun. I mean, you were really instrumental in me buying a synth and, and just, you know, plunking around on it. And I've, I've, I've spent hours just, mm. you know, micro freaking making away. sound. Yeah. Making sound or, or using VCV rack, uh, the software version of a Euro rack just to make sound. And, and it's, I, again, I wouldn't call this music, but man, just doing something for the fun of it again is that's a new happy place. And I would imagine even just the, 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 the shallow depths that you've, that you've experienced with line and wash, you're, you're the same way. I mean, we talked about it after you finished this piece and you loved it. You loved doing it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, there's nothing writing on it. You know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. my job. No one has, no one else has to like it. It's back to the beginning of something where I'm not very good. Um, and I'm not really sure what I'm doing but it's just, it's just fun. It's only making something yeah. for fun. And I, I, yeah, I just got a little like watercolor sketchbook um, and a, a little palette of watercolors and a couple of brushes and some 
some uh, what do they call them those fine art fine line um, pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just mm-hmm. trying something in that kind of landscape, but sort of comic booky style. And I mean, it, it doesn't have to be anything. There's something there's something lovely about making something that doesn't have to be anything, and it doesn't have to work. And and yeah. only making something because you love to do it. That I think it, it, there's a real purity to that that we lose when it starts to become our job or, or, or we think right. we'll make a social media famous or something else. It, it, yeah, it yeah. always gets How do tainted. I monetize this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or just you know what I, I could do? I could do greeting cards and then I could do posters oh. and then I could... Ugh. And we get there Blech. so fast. I just don't want that yeah. to be that. Uh, and and this, this came about because I, I was chatting to someone on Instagram and she'd gone through to, to Durham, which is a city just north of me, for the day and uh ended up sitting by the river um she's an artist she's an illustrator sat by the river and just um did an illustration of the uh the uh, cathedral poking out the top of the trees on on the top of the riverbank and i just thought that's a really nice idea when i'm walking around with a camera i'm often walking fast and taking photographs it's a very kinetic process but i love the idea of stopping and sitting and flipping open a sketchbook for 20 minutes and just focusing on one thing more deliberately. And I thought I need to do that for me, not to make money from it, not to, you know, not to try and get famous with it, but just because I like how meditative that sounds as a process. So that's kind of what spurred me to, to give it a shot. Well, and here, here's how I know that you're enjoying it. Uh, little, a little behind the scenes at, at Sean. <laughs> so Sean and I talk over the weekend and, uh, He's telling me about this place that he went to called Port Mulgrave, which mm-hmm. uh, he posted some photos of it on on Instagram. And you can speak to what the thing is. But the, the, the long and short of it is, you know, we're talking about the photos and he, he sent through a few of the photos and they're beautiful black and whites, which I don't think you've posted the black and whites, have you? No, I'll post them today. Yeah. So, but, but here's how I can tell he, he, he's loving this, this, this new expression because we're talking about these photos and I'm like, oh man, these are really great. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about what I could do if I could take away the background in this line and wash and put something else there. You're like just completely dismissing the fact that I'm, that I'm, you know, commenting on these photographs and, and all you're thinking about is what you can do with this new medium. And that's, that's how I know that it's kind of sunk its, its hooks into you a little bit. Yeah, because I love it. I love, I love like, there's so often, I, I like a clean frame in photographs. And there's so often when you take a photograph, you go, there's a really interesting element here, but that background is a mess. But with yeah. line, with line yeah. and wash, I could literally take something I've taken a photograph of and just isolate that subject and give it a cleaner background. And I love that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm making more, you know, I'm taking an element that exists and I'm putting it in a space that I think suits it better. Because I can't do that with a photograph. You're, you're, cool. you're doing the equivalent of, of painting with a 1.2 lens. You're just, yeah, you're just yeah, throwing yeah, that yeah. background completely out of focus. Yeah. Like a 200 mil 1.2 lens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And again, I, I wrote about this in, in, in the freelance economy, especially the gig economy, there is such pressure to make everything count, to make everything lead somewhere. There's so much pressure to to, and I, I talked about this with, with Richard, even if we do get to the point where we, where we find something that we're doing just for the love of it, just for the fun of it, every once in a while, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me. Every once in a while, the guilt still creeps in of, I should be working. I shouldn't just be, you know, playing around with this. Mm-hmm. I should be, I should be moving the needle over here, not just playing. Mm-hmm. And yet the best work we make will come out of ideas we get while we're playing. And we know that. Absolutely. 
Subscribe to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything in your favorite podcast app to get episodes of Deep Natter along with Process Driven and everything else I release all in one feed. If you'd like to support the show and help others find it, please feel free to leave a review or a rating wherever you listen and share it on social media. You can connect with Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Tuck. That's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K. On his website at seantucker.photography or by searching for Sean Tucker on YouTube. And be sure to pick up a copy of his book, The Meaning in the Making, which is available everywhere. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram, at Jeffrey Sidoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S, or on my website at jeffreysidoris.com. You can also send me an email at talkback at jeffreysidoris.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you listening. And we hope you'll come back for the next one.